Hello and welcome to the CII podcast series. I am Vivian Fernandez. Our topic for conversation today is the road ahead for the contact intensive tourism and hospitality sector. In 2019, about 11 million tourists arrived in India. The country earned 191 billion dollars from travel and tourism according to the World Travel and Tourism Council. In 2020, it fell to 122 billion dollars. That was a decline of 36%. Domestic travel and tourism earnings fell from 140 billion dollars to 97 billion dollars. Spending by international travelers plunged even sharply from 31 billion dollars to 12 billion. That's a knock of 61%. The tourism industry is employment intensive. It supports about 40 million jobs. Between 2014 and 2019, it added about 6.4 million. How long will it take for normalcy to return and what should the industry do to cope with the new normal for his insights let's go across to Mr Puneet Chatwal managing director and CEO of the Indian Hotels Company Limited or the Taj Hotel chain he is here in his capacity as the chairman of CII's national committee on tourism and hospitality Mr Chatwal is a veteran of the industry he has 3 decades of experience and has held leadership positions in west europe and north america His last assignment was with the German Hospitality Group or company where he was a member of the board. Mr. Chatwal, good to have you on this podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Mr. Chatwal, inbound tourism is flat since March last year because the country is closed to uh, tourism. We have lost the last peak season beginning October and the next one again beginning in October is likely to be a washout. When do you see tourists uh, being allowed in? Well, I think 100 year event like a pandemic just puts everything upside down and I don't think it's uh, anybody is doing and uh, the the government the policy making have done are uh, following the best practices shared across the globe and most of the international travel for the majority of the pandemic period across the globe was shut down so I don't think uh, India stands as an exception to that. Having said that, uh, of late, a lot of travel is opening up, and as we know, our uh, vaccine has been accepted by several European countries. Of late, in Southeast Asia, Middle East, etc. I personally feel that going forward, we need to have a clear. definition in roles and responsibility between the sector as well as the policy making people and the starting point is that the sector needs to demonstrate its ability to provide safe and secure environments both for domestic as well as international traveler and the policy making needs to provide clear guideline obviously subject to the third wave in what direction we are headed when do we expect to open up and how are we going to facilitate it whether we do it through vaccine passports or we do it through common travel policy at least within your own country because how do you expect other countries to accept your protocols your vaccine when within your own country different states have different rules and regulations Since it will be a while before travelers get uh, vaccinated all travelers get vaccinated do you think that it's essential to have low cost and rapid uh, covid-19 tests well i think we will have to differentiate between the testing as well as the vaccination i think the starting point is vaccination 
and double vaccination has a direct correlation to travel. I think that's the starting point. If on top of that, that we want to build in rapid antigen tests, absolutely many countries are doing so. It can be done, but does not necessarily have to be done because the accuracy of such rapid tests is also very questionable. So the World Travel and Tourism Council says that travelers are inclined towards the familiar, the predictable, the trusted, and even low risk. It says that domestic and regional vacations, extensive research and planning, and the outdoors will reign in the short term. Do you see those trends here in India? Well, as we speak, we can also see and we can witness those trends because uh, of a variety of reasons. Number one, travel is a fundamental need of the human being, whether it is for business or it is for leisure. As only domestic travel is open, domestic travel is leading charge. Number three, people with families need to go for a holiday or need to go out somewhere. You cannot keep a human being, which is a social animal, locked down in their premises over an extended period of time. So what the industry is witnessing is all your leisure destinations are full. So recently, we had a report from Rajasthan that Udaipur has had the best year in the last 10 years in terms of the number of overnights spent. The mm -hmm. same thing is happening in Goa. Every time Goa opens up and there is no lockdown, it tends to do better than the peak. Same is true for, let's say you mentioned, I also represent Taj as their managing director. So uh, we have products and very good offerings in places like Corbett, in places like Jaipur, Rishikesh, Haridwar, Shimla. You know, it's very difficult to get rooms there. However, the industry is still very much driven by the main metros, and that is Mumbai, Delhi, Bangalore, and the kinds of this. So I think at some point, we all have to look forward to normalcy coming back into the larger metros. Is there a trend of people preferring small properties for vacations, properties with a few rooms in picturesque settings like a tea or coffee, a plantation or near the seashore where they are less likely to run into crowds? Well, you know, the very traditional and good old definition of a hotel has been a home away from home. And when you get into work from home, then it's time for home stays, home deliveries, hospitality at home. So everything becomes home. But as I said uh, earlier, I think people need to get out. And I think it's a great opportunity. As bad as COVID has been for this industry, as devastating as it has been, the vision of the Honorable Prime Minister of every Indian visiting a certain number of destinations, the vision of Dekho Apna Desh is, has a great chance today to succeed than ever before because there are 25 million outbound tourists, the majority of them have also been studied. So mm -hmm. these were the people who were taking vacations outside of India, even though some have opened up, but not all 25 million have started traveling abroad. So I mm -hmm. think the industry has done a good job in doing so and building travel confidence, building a travel controls, creating safe environment and communicating that too is mm -hmm. a big help and boost to an industry which for most statistics, which you gave at the beginning, of the podcast I demonstrated that our revenues have declined by more than 60%. Our 
put in, you know, as an average uh, over the different verticals, whether it's inbound or it's outbound or it's hotels or it's, you know, natural tourism, eco-tourism. Is there, you know, a trend towards such small properties? Absolutely. This trend is actually not a short-term trend just because of the pandemic. This demand always existed. The latent potential was there. Other countries were a bit ahead. And I think now these have become very popular. And once people have had the first visit, the second visit, the third visit, you know, then it becomes a very good business model going forward. Sir, with the work from home getting traction and meetings being held via video conferences, uh, do you think business travel will return to what it was? Well, I think a part of that statement is true because uh, change is the only constant in our lives. And uh, one of the evolutions following this pandemic would be that long haul travel done frequently uh, may not happen as it used to happen. For example, someone traveling from Delhi or Mumbai all the way to Los Angeles for uh, for a meeting of one day and a travel of two days, that's not going to happen. At least in the short to midterm. What will definitely happen is you combine different meetings within the US and take a longer trip. So the trips will not be as frequent, but they would be longer. And Otherwise, I personally believe in the long-term resilience of the sector. And I do believe that as in the past, post any major world event, whether it was 9-11 or it was acts of terrorism or it was a global financial, business travel does decline significantly in such times, but it does come back very, very strongly uh, over the mid, uh, short to midterm. So during that interval, how are business-oriented hotels remodeling themselves? Are they renting out rooms for long-term residents rather than to short-term guests? How do you see that uh, changing? I mean, do you see it returning back to what it was? Well, everything in terms of returning will take time. What about budget hotels, uh, which are uh, focused on uh, the business segment? Uh, do you think that uh, you know they can uh, ever recover? Well, actually, I would say the budget sector has been more resilient. We have brand in that kind of positioning within the Taj Group called the Ginger brand. Mm -hmm. And the Ginger brand was able to actually perform up to 60% of the revenue pre-COVID, which is a very big number. Although that portfolio and number of uh, rooms in that portfolio is small. And that is because most of the people who are traveling and staying in that segment are definitely, you know, the middle management, junior management or younger in age. And I mm -hmm. think travel for them was easier than people above a certain age because, of course, the exposure and the risk level was higher. So mm -hmm. I think that sector is very important. It's only at the beginning of its growth phase on the Indian subcontinent. If we were to relate that sector into mature economies, the size of that sector, the size of that positioning over there is to 50 to 100 times larger than the number of people, you know, the beds or number of people uh, in that uh, segment on the Indian subcontinent. So the winter season is also the wedding season. 
between the first wave last year and the second wave in April uh, May this year hotels uh, did rather well in this uh, segment you know from weddings from banquets uh, do you see this happening uh, in this winter as well definitely i think maybe you know as i said there is a lot of fragmentation and it depends from state to state how many people are allowed you know whether it is 50 people 100 people 200 people we've all been through that but weddings was is and will continue to remain one of the specialities of indian subcontinent and i think as and when uh, the permissions come we do see a lot of surge in bookings but unfortunately this pandemic has been such you open and then you close down then you open again and then you close down in one of the examples which is really interesting is that if 50 people weddings was allowed people distributed functions over 4 5 days so eventually 250 people came okay at the moment we are missing those big events now food and beverages um were the mainstay of the hospitality industry with footfalls having fallen because of social distancing norms the fear of enclosed spaces and restrictions on bars remaining open for longer at night Uh, do you see gourmet meals delivered uh, to homes uh, becoming an attractive revenue stream well this business has been there for some time now uh, maybe it was not gourmet but home deliveries has been a very big business in any part of the world and especially in india and the only difference is that now the hotel industry ventured into it for a few reasons one was to tap into what you have called a new revenue stream but second there was a lot of demand for people from their favorite restaurants for the meals to be delivered mm-hmm. so i do think the industry needs to find the its own sweet spot in mm-hmm. terms of the price value relationship of the meals being delivered we have done it very successfully since uh, may of last year under the brand name of cumin which is part of the taj group and we have a our own app so that has been successful we are present in almost 20 cities expanding to 35 cities very soon so i think a lot of other hotel companies have also done this and have done it quite successfully as people need to enjoy their meals but uh, will it compensate for the business lost in restaurants and bars no not really it cannot compensate it's just an additional and incremental line of business but it mm-hmm. cannot compensate because you just don't go to a hotel or restaurant to drink or eat only it's the entire experience exactly the ambience sir you mentioned earlier on that you know trust is very important confidence is very important the transparency of uh, communications is very important make people get out of their homes and into hotels how is the industry doing this how is it uh, trying to communicate with the wider public about uh, health issues hygiene issues and the safety issues well i think uh, it's very interesting you took two of the words which we use as a part of our culture that types us state touch stands for trust awareness joy part was missing when you asked this question i think ultimately it's the culture of the industry it's the culture mm-hmm. it's the culture of all its important stakeholders and what we have been doing for the last 18 to 20 months across different brands across different businesses 
across different companies you know is building a culture of collaboration is mm-hmm. building culture of education is building a culture of awareness and finally a culture of sharing best practices i think if we continue to focus as responsible citizens and it's not just the citizens of tourism business but as responsible citizens of the nation i think it is an adversity which can be turned into an opportunity for the long term thrival of this industry and uh, and i think they've done a lot from touchless service to digital menus to you know a qr codes uh, to safety health protocols taking temperatures and those are some of the things which may become a part of the new normal just like going to a baggage scanner or being scanned by taking your telephone out entering into hotel building became a part and parcel of our lives mr chatwal this is a um, you know very people intensive uh, business but with the uh, digital and contactless gaining traction uh, do you think it will become as people centric as it was in the past do you think that we will employ less people than in the past not really i think this business as i said has a huge opportunity for growth here you know on a comparison in terms of getting international demand in terms of the untapped potential of domestic tourism uh, we all see that uh, the potential significant and we have not uh, yet really tapped into it having said that we were also champions of over service so i think what definitely this pandemic has taught us is that less is more and you don't need to be always over serviced in a restaurant in a hotel you know also all your sheets towels etc as a part of sustainability don't have to be changed every day you don't do that in your houses either so i think the pandemic also is an opportunity to build on the fundamentals of sustainable tourism to build uh, a more resilient sector which is higher margins has the right amount of service and has a has the ability to attract the right talent and to take this sector to a very different level you mentioned about sustainability and that's very important because uh, this covid-19 pandemic also tells us that we should not play around with the environment we need to treat the planet much more um, carefully with the more care so in the hospitality industry what are you doing because you know we have seen you know over servicing over uh, cleaning over laundering for example of clothes lot of use of chemicals and all that in what way are you trying to make this uh, business less environmentally damaging well i think as i said building a culture of collaboration education awareness and sharing best practices is the key going forward we can very probably say especially within the taj group we built our first plastic free resort in havelock in andaman and nicobar in terms of all the practices of esg which has become a part of a very important part of all listed companies today investors don't invest in your company if you are not prudent in following the international norms of esg i think more and more companies are getting higher level of awareness are doing far more 
than they have ever done before with or without the pandemic in safeguarding the environment in their contribution to sustainability by recycling water, by reducing the waste, by doing so many things, you know, energy, you know, using solar, having less power, etc., etc. So I think most of the mature, serious, forward-looking companies are pioneering that change and uh, it is happening as we speak in a very accelerated manner. You know, you mentioned about the multiplier effects of uh, the travel and tourism industry and this industry has certainly taken a hit and uh, the economy itself will take a big hit. So how do you think that the government uh, must help this industry? Do you think that uh, giving it industry status will help? Do you think that uh, there should be more uh, incentives, especially for uh, dollars earned? I will start with the one which you mentioned. India at 75 needs to recognize this sector and give it an infrastructure status at center level and also include it in the concurrent list of the constitution. So I think inclusion of tourism in the concurrent list is a key after giving it an infrastructure status and at, an, at a state level, one can get an industry status that will make cost of utilities, cost of borrowings a bit more competitive, which will create investment in the sector and the investment in the sector will create more jobs in the sector and more jobs in this sector will create more jobs in other sectors. Number two is relief, which is the only thing which we have asked for during the pandemic in terms of statutory obligation. I think nobody pays GST or income tax if you have no income, whereas this industry has been uh, very much com been compliant in paying all statutory obligations, including excise fees, including property taxes, including license fees. Although the lockdown imposed made revenues impossible, but we have all been paying our obligations and I think it would be fair to get some form of kindness package, if not the relief or a waiver on all the costs, at least for a certain number of months for the previous and this financial year going forward. Finally, there is the export status for tourism earnings. I think uh, this should be treated at par with other exports and services and such transa transactions may be zero rated for GST without stopping the flow of input credit. Last but not least, I would say it's always a sensitive subject, but I think for a certain number of months, the GST could either be waived or reduced substantially. And all this could be done with the support of a board that can be created, which we call the National Tourism Board. And all these things are a part of the dialogues that we have had with the government. Having said that, I think the starting point has to be creating the right protocols for travel. You know, uh, the best example here is a vaccine passport. I think this will help uh, visas, e-visas, and also agreeing on the international norms of travels with different countries. This will ultimately help in creating growth, jobs, and prosperity for all. Uh, Mr. Chetwal, that was a very nice conversation with you. I would like to thank our listeners for uh, tuning in. 